Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Osiris. We are live. We've made it. We've made it to the very end of our series. Against all the odds, guys, we've made it to the end of our 40 for 40. I wasn't sure that we were going to make it. Well, I was, but everyone was doubting us. Every week, there was a, there was an <laughs> office pool. Are they going to make it even into 2.0? Are they going to cover 2004? I know it's so sad and dark and dismal. Are they going to do it? Are they going to cover the hiatus years? And we guys, did it. it almost it almost didn't work, but then it did. You know, it almost fell apart, just like fish. You know, yeah, we a couple did it of all. times. It came close, and then it yeah. then it came back together. Um, I'm <laughs> right now. I'm looking at my phone while we're while we're streaming because I have an important announcement, which is that I think as of right now, or whenever I press the right button, we are going to be live on Instagram for the first time, which is wow, which is pretty cool. yeah, that is so, pretty cool, yeah. I don't know how to do it. Cool new streaming app where you can share pictures and you can filter them and make your life look awesome. You should (sighs) check it out. Make an account, you know? It's cool. You can, yeah, exactly. You can do pictures. You can do stuff. You can make videos. Like, uh, I I have to say, I'm pretty proud of our, the video series that Meg and I put together with Mike Greenhouse and Benji. Um, I assume Brian didn't see it because he doesn't do this stuff, but um, we made a, we made a pretty great. I would say we made a pretty great reel promoting our show, which uh, if you're listening, come hang out with us on 1229 at Hill Country. Um, we all did readings yeah. of the Dude of Life's songs, dramatic readings, and it was, I would say it went pretty well. It was really fun. My daughter's art directed my film, so they picked out my outfit and had my dog in there because I was talking about the dog. Um, and yeah, it was really fun. It was, you know, it was yeah. a whole family affair. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so we're here in 2022. We're actually in 2023. We're almost in 2024, but we're going back to 2022. And we're going to go back even further when we do our top 25 tours of all time. The forum is still open. It's in the show notes. We posted it on Fishnet. Um, It's all over the place. It's um, 
Actually, you know what? I wonder if I can do this. What if I do this? There's the form, if you can see it. Um, Good job. Yeah, look at that. So give us your input and, and tell us tell us what you know, tell us what you think, because we are gonna take that input and we're not gonna as usual, we're not gonna like take your input directly. We're gonna take it into consideration and then we're gonna do <laughs> stuff with it. And so it's gonna be, you know, kind of strange. Okay. We're gonna do science <clears throat> to it. We're gonna do science. We're gonna do science. Lots um, of Brian? science. Form is open until January twelfth. Twelfth. At that yep. point it will close for good. So if you have opinions, share them by then. If you don't share mm -hmm. them, your opinion just probably doesn't matter. So, you know, we'll just, we won't take it into account is really what it comes down to. So Brian, I'm sorry to do this to you, but okay. and Jonathan's not here. I think that Jonathan will join. We do have these, these complicated things that happen to us with regard to like work and things like that. But um, Brian, I have a question. Okay. Do you, here. and I, I'm going to ask you, Megan, so you can prep, but I think okay. Brian... Brian can can kind of go first, which is what's the biggest takeaway you guys have from this 40 for 40 series at this time? Um, so I want to give a nod to my my favorite fish writer out there who has a perspective that I appreciate. And I think that we have uh successfully wrapped within this theory this this series and that's rob mitchum who writes uh the uh he he, he tweets under fish crit and i believe his website is fish crit at subsack.com i apologize if i'm wrong about that but rob <clears throat> years ago i was talking with him about like these big big moments in fish history and how i was blown away that like it seemed as though for one night or a few nights in a row, kind of like magic would reach the band and would reach the stage and huge jams would happen. Incredible sets would happen. And these things would kind of splinter out and, and, and impact fish history over the long term. You know, kind of the great man theory of, of fish's evolution. And he said he disagreed completely. And the reason why he disagreed was if you listen in succession, show by show by show, year by year by year, you hear the big ideas kind of percolating and they may peak in a really grand fashion, but you can hear it over two to three months, two tours at a time. And you can hear the end results and how that evolves the band forward. And I think that the biggest takeaway I have for this series related to that is that we showed this evolution of the band from nobody cares, nobody's showing up, nobody has any interest in what we are offering. No one is asking for a mix of the talking heads and Genesis and the Grateful <laughs> Dead in Vermont in 1983. Like that is not where the cultural zeitgeist is. And they didn't care and they did their thing and they kept working at it and they woodshed it and they made uh, bargains and negotiations with each other based on creative ideas. And they followed the persona of someone who clearly had, you know, larger than life ideas about himself. And over the years, they just steadily built this machine and this creative output in a way that ultimately peaked and then evolved and figure out what it could be afterwards. And to me, that story and the, 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 small minutia the mo the moments where this story has evolved and has taken a step forward and a couple steps back and gotten diverted is just fascinating to me and i think that we covered that 
through this series in a way that you can't just kind of bounce around through their history. You have to see it in some sort of chronological form. So uh, I will turn it to Meg, who hopefully has had enough time to prepare at this point in time. Um, if there, if there are any thoughts that you have about that. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. I think there are three main things that kind of stand out to me, and that is hard work. Nothing this band has achieved is because of luck. Absolutely nothing. It's because of an incredible commitment to hard work. Evolution, an ability for the band or by the band to continue to evolve even when they're doing something that works. I think that a lot of bands find something that works and they stay there and they ride that for as long as they can. And this band will reach a peak and then say, what's next? And I've never seen a band that does that the way that Fish does. And finally, I think the other major thing that this band has that I've never seen another band is a determination to forge their own path. Like Brian mentioned, this is a band that started out doing something that nobody wanted and continued to do things that nobody wanted and continue to, even as they became like a mockery in the mainstream, continue to determinedly say, we're going down this path and we're proud of it and we don't care what anybody thinks. And I think that is totally driven by Trey, but also the rest of the band being on that ride too. And I think also one thing that I didn't really think of until right now, but it definitely adds into it. This idea of friendship is is so important to the band and has been something that, you know, we've joked about it in that this series has also been kind of a history of of our personal journeys through this band. So much of tied to his friendship. Mm. It's a series about our friendship. And I think the band's friendship really makes them stand out and has led to all of these other things, making them as successful as they are. I love that. What about you, RJ? What do you think? Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, it's hard to, you guys both said a lot of things that, that like kind of help summarize. I mean, I guess, you know, we've been doing this for what, 10 years, 11 years. And, um, I kind of always thought that we couldn't really like figure out new things about the band. And then we, mm. and then we do. Yeah. So I think just doing this really just kind of puts that, what you guys were saying in perspective. I mean, it's interesting to think about the fact that they, like you said, I mean, like you both said, they just like really, really blazed their own path from the beginning and didn't really like pay attention to anything. I mean, it's kind of mm -hmm. amazing. And like, you you know, you get to that advice a lot in life and usually it's, I don't, usually I don't think it works, you know? Yeah. Like just, just, just follow exactly what you want to do and don't worry about what anyone thinks. I feel like that rarely right. actually works, but kind of did right. for them. It did. And it's, and the fascinating thing, Meg, Meg said it, like every time they seem to have reached a point where whatever they were working on worked as best as it possibly could. The best example to me is December 31st, 1995, where like exactly. every one of those songs is played perfectly and then stretched out and there's huge, huge jams and there's flow and there's everything. And like most bands, like 99% of bands would be like, cool, we found the thing that works. That's what we're going to do over and over again. Like the Rolling Stones, I loved their album this year. It was a really actually interesting album for a band that is 60 years into their career. But it's the Rolling Stones. It's not the Rolling Stones being like, hey, let's try and see what happens when we, I don't know, add, I don't want them to do this, but like add hip hop into the mix or add dance music into the mix. Like <laughs> Fish like went from yeah. being arena rock, prog rock gods to being a legitimate funk and groove band within 18 months. 
and it still sounds like fish and it works. And then they figured out what they could do from there. It's wild. It's crazy. And, and, you know, we, I mean, I think we've said a lot about this, like the path, but it's, it's kind of amazing to end up here at the current era and, and realize that the, in some ways the touring and the music is, if not, if not better than ever, certainly as good as it, as it has been in a long time. And that's pretty 100%. wild, pretty wild. Um, Brian, I want to just play one voicemail that is going to make you happy. Um, <laughs> I think it's going to make you happy. Actually, hold on one sec. Just have to do something. Um, and then I think we're going to, yeah. I mean, I guess we'll see if Jonathan can join. Hopefully he can, but we'll, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to let him join when he can. Um, and then we're going to get into the show, which is seven twenty four twenty two. If those of you, I don't think we've said that yet, but um, Brian, let me let me just play this for you. Where is it? There it is. Hey guys, what's going on? Great show. Huge fish fan since ninety six. And absolutely love what you guys are doing, running down all these years. It's been fantastic listening to it, going back and listening to the shows. It's been, it's been great. I'm a general music fan and also love to take in a good movie, documentary, whatever, every once in a while. And I got to say, Brian's list every year of uh, pop culture happenings with the movies and the music coming out. I need that in a document somehow. I don't know if anybody can put that together, put it online, put it on X or Twitter or whatever the hell it's called anymore. <laughs> I would love to have a list of favorites that he put out on the show because some of that stuff I've gone and found and it's been fantastic. So just wanted to say that. Here, maybe not that we're fish fans and we like the same kind of stuff. I don't know. But anyway, that's it. Can't wait to hear uh, what you pick in 2022. It's a big year. Got back into touring for me. And uh, yeah, keep it up. Thanks. There you go, Brian. <clears throat> that's, that's for you. I, I will just say thank you for listening. And uh, I appreciate that uh, the diversions in the show don't make you turn it off it, uh, against popular demand. You know, uh, it's amazing. <laughs> We do uh, have that list too. Brian put it together and we put it out through HF Pod's Twitter, but um, I'll re-release it everywhere again so everybody doesn't miss it. Yeah, I'm going to add the 2022 stuff to it after we finish recording here. So um, you'll have you'll have the full list uh, to pull out. And then when we do 80 for 80 uh, in <laughs> 2063, uh, we'll I will... I will, I will keep uploading. I'll keep updating mm -hmm. it. Yeah. There's, there's always good stuff happening in the world, including fish. It's wild. It's wild to think about that. There's always stuff happening. Megan, it was anything happening with fish in 2022. Yeah. Some things were, are we going to go to Meg's corner? Now? I think we are. We're there. Okay. We're already there. This is the final Meg's corner. It's this is starting sad. to feel like Coventry for the for last now. time. For let's now. go to let's <laughs> go to Mexico. I don't want to cry. Come on. You know what's weird though about this is that like, I have loved so many parts of this series, but the fact <clears> that this has turned me into a stats girl is just something I never imagined. Like I put this stuff together as a way to kind of, you know, have some sort of like part of the episode that was really informational and be consistent and. I didn't expect it to have this influence on me where I'm actually really interested in all this nerdy shit. So um, I blame all of you, but here I am. Um, Numbers next are corner, cool. 
With the nerd Megan, shit. Megan, maybe cool maybe numbers. for this last one, maybe you should go mm-hmm. stand up on that stand up on that rock and do it, you know, so everyone can go talk about it at the campsite afterwards, you know? Yeah, I'll do that. Sorry. I'll I'll Sorry. go out in the yard. Bad Coventry <laughs> joke. Okay. Let's hear it. Don't, it's not gonna be depressing like Coventry. This is so horrible. Okay. So in 2022, that's the year we're talking about. Yes, the 40th year of Fish. There were 46 shows. We had four nights in Mexico in February, four nights in April at MSG to make up for the New Year's run. Then we had Summer Tour, which was split into two sections, which I really loved this kind of setup. I wish they would do this again, where they had the beginning part um, around Memorial Day where they did Alabama, Charleston, and Deer Creek. Then they take a month off, and then they do their big Northeast run down to Raleigh, an amazing show. And then they spend a few nights in the Midwest, come back for three nights in Atlantic City, and then they go up to Ontario and end the summer, sadly, in Alpine Valley. And then they have four nights at Dick's, uh, pretty big kind of weekend at Dick's, too. That was that crazy rain delay show with the naked guy, and that was, was kind of epic. I feel like that Dick's run. Then they end the year with a super strong Madison Square Garden run, an incredible 40th celebration on New Year's Eve, the 29th and 30th run, two of my favorite shows all year, incredible shows. As far as Trey, he's quite busy this year. He's still doing his music lessons on Facebook and Instagram in the beginning of the year from his apartment. He also has a spring tour. I believe Brian and my parents saw Trey on that spring tour in Red Rocks. Trey's going to play some acoustic shows, and then he has a big fall tour with Tab. And then, of course, in November, Goose and Tab go on tour together for eight shows. Lucky enough to see one of those, and that was incredible. We also have four debuts this year only. The only original one is Hey Stranger off Trey's album, Mercy. And as far as the albums the bands are putting out, in 2022, they put out Get More Down, so the digital recording of all the Sci-Fi Soldier songs. And then they had three live albums. They released The Clifford Ball. They released LP on LP3, which is the Tweezer Caspian from Magna Ball. And then The Gorge 98. And they have two archival releases this year, September 29th, 1999 from Memphis and December 2nd from 1995, New Haven, Connecticut. And there's one live bait. And then Trey is going to release two albums. He's going to release Mercy, which is a song of albums written entirely by him with a lot of focus on his singing. And then he's also going to release the Beacon Jams, which are highlights from his residency in the fall of 2020. That's it. That's the final Meg's Corner. There it is. <laughs> wow. Well, sad. Brian's you, shedding a tear. Can I just say, you've done an amazing job of coalescing everything that Fish did in, a, in each calendar year into a three-minute segment. If you have that stuff written down, I would argue that the people out there would love to have a document of that because it just it's a snapshot of every year, exactly mm-hmm. what happened. And you really get a sense, not so much of... Uh, what was the sound? What were the jams? You get a sense of like, what is the band's like output into the world in a way that I don't think we think about fish a lot. And I really liked that perspective to kind of shape each show. Cause some of these years are like really heavy on like releases and like, even if they're not playing shows as much, or even if they're not writing as many songs, mm-hmm. they're still releasing past material. It really gives you a sense of like the business side of it that I, I, I like a lot. Yeah. Thanks. So, yeah. I could do that. 
I can definitely do that. Yeah, it's been cool. I mean, it's interesting to see like the years that have so many debuts, they often like go along with like a lot of really good jamming. Like there's some really interesting connections that you can see as you see all the stuff laid out. So thanks. It's been fun. Would you say 2022 had four debuts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it checks out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has. It usually has. It's an inconsistent year. But I'm excited to get into it because there was some stuff in this year that I really loved. This was a big like Sorry. live fish year for me. Um, thanks, Meg. Um, Doug says, would love to see a bonus episode for 2023. It's a good idea. Oh, that's such a good idea. Let's that's do that. Idea. I was just we thinking, do I don't want to stop. Okay, great. Perfect. We'll do it. I think it'd Somehow. be from a scheduling standpoint, like at least give the year six to seven months. Because we could mm. do this as a bonus episode going forward, you know. 40 for 40, 2024, oh, yeah. 2025. Just like to give yourself that distance where you've heard whatever fish is going to sound like the next year. And now you can hear this past year with a bit more perspective. That'd be really cool. I like that. Brian, do you want to give us a, a sense for 2022 in culture in case any of us weren't around then? I do, RJ. <laughs> Thank you so much for asking. Um, yes, this is the final pop culture of 40 for 40. Um is a segment that I think fully became realized. Thank you. Thanks to Jonathan Hart in an episode I was out for 2003, where he was like, why do we, why are we examining exactly what was popular at that point in time? Let's talk about the full year. And it's created more opportunity for more music, TV and movies to be shared. Um, like Meg said, I posted that list on, I think Friday. So 2022, this is in a lot of cases, this feels like the both the last year of the pandemic and the first year mm -hmm. back in a lot of ways from an album release standpoint, from a television standpoint, from a movie standpoint. Um, actors are back in studios making movies on a regular basis, making TV on a regular basis. Artists were able to tour again with somewhat regularity. Um, you know, Fish's move from uh the new year's shows in 2021 to april 2022 is kind of the last covid casualty in terms of shows having to be restructured if you think about early 2022 omicron was still going on goose went on tour in late january and never really looked back there was no issue with that tour there were no uh hijinks in any sort of way so this kind of feels like the return in a lot of ways um and as a result we have a lot of content um television we're in like peak, peak streaming era where everything and anything is being posted onto Hulu and Netflix and Amazon Prime, sometimes to our benefit and other times, like in the case of 1899, a show that started great and then ended with like the biggest cop out what the fuck ending ever. Not so great. But we did also get The English, a show I highly, highly recommend. Amazing Western. Uh, Emily Blunt just crushes. Uh, all caps, Fleischman is in trouble, a show that I know Megan and RJ, you both watched. We yeah. each had similar and different thoughts, which led to a lot of really cool debates internally on our text thread. Uh, Winning Time, a did we really need this, but super fun show about the 80s uh, Lakers. The White Lotus season two. I didn't think that they were going to be able to make a season as good as season one. And somehow they, they matched it in some cases exceeded it. Uh, House of the Dragon season one, which begs the question, do we need more Game mm -hmm. of Thrones after the way that this show ended? I don't think we really do, but you know, I still watched it. Uh, Industry season two, really great show on HBO. 
the rehearsal season one, Nathan Fielder just continues to crush it. If um, you have not seen the curse, I cannot recommend it enough. It is some of the weirdest, funniest television out there right now. Uh, Severance, uh, a show that I've been told by many people was amazing. I've made it through four episodes. I am determined to finish it, but like I trust everyone's opinion that this show is great. I just haven't watched it. Uh, the Bear season one, it gets better. It gets the better. Bear season one, a great, great television show. And I'm seeing here from Christian Pe- Peaky Blinders wrapped up, which uh, yeah, that was a great series as well. Was there anything that you guys uh, liked from television in 2022? Well, I just uh, I, while we're go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I just want to, while we're talking, while we're contemplating this, I just want to say that uh, shout out to Chris Wateski, who's a friend of the pod from the bear. Yes. Good dude. Oh yeah. That's so awesome. Show's amazing. Great show. Great show. show. Um, I can't remember things that came out in 2022, but it seems like you kind of covered them. Um, (laughs) I will say, I don't know if the, I don't know if Fargo had the last season in 2021 or 2022 before this one. Maybe it was earlier than that, but man, the yeah. new season is is very good. Um, I also is think it? Ozark ended, which I thought was oh really Ozark good show. so good. I loved that show. So I thought crazy. it had a great ending too. Really great ending, yeah. fantastic acting. That's the kind of show that kept you like on your toes the entire time. You just never knew it was going to mm-hmm. happen. It was so exciting. Yeah. I love that show. The show that I was really into last year didn't come out last year, but I'm still going to mention it. I know it's kind of breaking the rules, but normal people is unbelievable. And if people haven't seen that, I would highly recommend watching it. Incredible acting, beautifully written based on the Sally Rooney novel. I watched that last year. So it came out in 2020, I think, but what is that streaming on? Do you know? I think it's on Hulu. I'll check. Okay. Yeah. I will put that on my list. Um, movies. This was a great year for movies. As I discussed, this is kind of when movies came back. The best picture list is 10 deep. Every one of those movies I highly recommend. Um, Top Gun Maverick was kind of the return to the movies that came out over Memorial Day. Somehow was really, really good and really, really fun. Even though Tom Cruise looks like they put him in a vice just to like keep <laughs> his face straight for the entire movie. But uh, I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, Elvis came out. Um, I'm not a Baz Luhrmann fan. I thought this movie ruled. I thought the way that they focused on his 70s era uh, uh, more than pretty much anything else was awesome. Uh, I thought it was just a fascinating movie. The Woman King was really good. Blonde was really good. My favorite movie of the year was Tar uh, with Kate Blanchett um, playing a uh, conductor who goes through uh, cancel culture. Uh, the Banshees of Inishirin, After Sun, Armageddon Time. The Fablemans, a movie that begs the question of Steven Spielberg makes such great movies. Why the hell is his life so boring? She said, <laughs> the menu, white noise, Avatar, the way of water, a movie that I ate an edible going into it and the edible wore off before the movie ended. Oh, uh, no, no. It's need, too long. Too long. No need for a three-hour movie about a fake planet and a fake whale. I'm sorry. There's just no need. Mm-mm. I just want to say that the book, the book White Noise, is a is a classic. Yes, and love that. I we just were just talking they, about that. I just don't think it was like. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you just can't do that because it's so literary. You know, maybe you just can't do yeah. it. Yeah, I think it's really hard to make that on the screen. I've yeah, I st- I need to watch White Noise uh, while we're on break here, but um, I ah. agree with you. Certain movies like that, <laughs> like 
when the corrections was made. When the corrections was made, like that just didn't work on screen. It just. Oh, I never saw that because I didn't want it to ruin the book. Me neither. Like, yeah. So great. I'm like, I'm not some, watching that. Some books are yeah. not meant don't. to be. Don't. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I think normal people is better as a show than a book. That's how. Well, I didn't read the book. Fleischman is in trouble, but I don't think I would want to read the book after watching the show because the show you just don't. like that was the book to me. The yeah. show's better. I read the book. Yeah. The show's much better. A um, couple others really quickly here. Okay. All Caps, Babylon. If you haven't seen this, if you want to debate me about movies, I am, my text threads are open. I have some people who love this movie with me and others who have kicked me out of text, thre- text threads for how much I love this movie. A fascinating <laughs> look at uh, the biggest transition in Hollywood technologically up until probably the last 10 years. Uh, women Talking. All Quiet on the Western Front, an amazing movie that um, could have very easily won Best Picture. Triangle of Sadness, and then the movie that did ultimately win Best Picture, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. I don't know if any movie title has ever been more accurate to the way that you will feel watching a movie in both the best and the worst ways. Yeah, that's a Anything crazy I movie. Yeah. I don't think so, but that Babylon, I was thinking about that last night when I was rewatching Barbie because I was saying out loud that I've always wanted to be in like a giant choreographed dance scene in a movie. That's kind of like my dream. And I was saying that Margot, she has that amazing scene in Barbie, but then she has an incredible one in Babylon, which I think I've told you, Brian, that is a scene I would want to act more than any other scene I've ever seen in my whole life. And it's a huge dance scene. She's on all this cocaine and it's just, it's wild and crazy but that movie is rife for debate and it's a really good conversation starter that's the goal there's a lot ultimately. to talk about mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot to talk about um i just rewatched singing in the rain which a lot of babylon was based off of and i the dark weird period of hollywood shifting from the talkie or from the silence mm-hmm. to the talkies and then how that's been reinterpreted through other challenging periods in hollywood history just kind of fascinates me i'm currently listening to the oscar wars book and it talks a lot about this and uh babylon just represents it really well but yeah horns blaring elephants running through a mansion in hollywood uh cocaine flowing and margot robbie dancing half naked through a party is uh is something else just like on another level yeah it's good Um, stuff last segment of pop culture is music because there's other music there wasn't just fish and 2022 as meg brilliantly put it is kind of an up and down year of fish history so we needed other music to keep us going and so some of the albums that came out that define 2022 are kendrick lamar's mr morale and the big steppers his big domestic dispute album i really liked that record a lot of people did not uh SZA's sos which for some reason, Pitchfork just named the best album of 2023 because they decided to put out their best of list around Thanksgiving. Uh, Big Thief's Dragon, New Warm Mountain, I Believe in You, the album uh. that convinced me that Big Thief is a good band. Uh, Angel Olsen's Big Time, amazing stuff there. Uh, Goose's Dripfield, a jam band, puts out a great record. What the hell? Are you guys serious? Wild, you guys are gonna, wild. You guys are, 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 are just a good live band. You're also, you've got, you've got a thing on the studio now. It's amazing. Now they're destroying all of our text threads through rumor mill. My God, this band is just everywhere. Uh, Kat Laban's Pompeii, spiritualized. Everything was beautiful. The um, companion to his 20, 2018 record and nothing hurt, which is a, uh, um, 
testament to, or it's a tribute to Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, the Weekends, Don FM, Bill Callahan's Reality, Kikigaku, Moyo's Kumoyo Island, my personal favorite album of 2022. Joan Shelley's The Spur, Wilco's Cruel Country, Always is Blue Rev, Destroyer's Labyrinthitis, Animal Collective's Great Return, Time Skiffs, MJ Lenderman's Boat, so- Boat Songs, uh, the Magnolia Electric Company album of 2022. Uh, King and the Lizard Wizard put out five albums including three in October. <laughs> That's just insane. <laughs> <laughs> and Planes, which uh, combines Waxahachie, Kate Crutchfeld, and um, Jess Williamson, who put out one of our favorite records this year. But the two of them collaborated in the project Planes in I Walked Away, uh, I Walked With You Away. It's just great, great stuff. What did I miss? There's other good stuff that came out in 2022. I okay, need my I've professional podcasters here. Yes, Um an album that I know you really love too, Sea Wind of Batteries, Clock Watching. Definitely oh my, God, yes, my thank favorite, you. favorite albums. Just I've listened to that album so many times. Courtney Marie Andrews, Loose Future, an album you told me about that I just absolutely died for last year and listened to way more times than was normal. My family was like, oh, you're <laughs> listening to her again? Like, oh, it's her again. I just couldn't stop playing this album. It hit me so hard. Um, yeah, I think Beyonce's Renaissance came out this year. Also, I really loved the Beths album, Expert in a Dying Field, the mm. Mitski album, Lauren Hell, Jenny Haval put out a really great album, Classic Objects, and Charlie XCX Crash. Those are probably my favorites that you didn't mention. Love it. That is a really good addition to the list. You know, I've tried to call this list and and tighten it up as much as possible based on requirements. But as 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 it's clear, the people demand more pop culture from us, and we are here to represent that we love fish, but we are not. As I quote my co-host Dave Goldstein over on the Beyond the Pond podcast, we are not myopic listeners. We are here to take in all of culture and and uh, uh, um, add that to fish. Yeah, um, and I just want to give a plug for that too, really quickly, Brian, because you just put out on Beyond the Pond your end of year wrap up, and that episode is fantastic. You guys talk about your favorite albums of the year, get into the best goose shows, your favorite fish shows, your favorite eggy stuff. If you haven't listened to it, I would highly recommend people listen to it. If they like your pop culture corner, they're going to love Beyond the Pond. Thank you, Meg. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. My favorite episode recorded of the year, and uh, I thought we did a nice job with it this year. Um, we even got to talk about things that annoyed us, which is always fun. <laughs> we had a full segment of, air, of, of music that annoyed us. Um, it's the best. <laughs> so we are currently missing two of our co-hosts. Hopefully, RJ should be back on. I think he had uh, to attend to a little bit of business, um, and Jonathan should be joining us. So before we dive into the show proper, I do just want to ask you, we've talked Meg's Corner, we've talked pop culture in terms of what was going on outside of the world of fish, but big picture, what are your thoughts on 2022 fish? You know, We talked a lot last week glowingly about 2021 and this idea that no one had any expectations coming into 2021. We were just happy that fish was back. And then they kind of blew all of our brains apart uh, uh, just multiple times. And every time you were like, they can't, this is the best it will actually be this year. It somehow got better. And there was almost a sense coming out of 2021 that it's just going to keep getting better. That's not usually how life goes. And the band, as you astutely talked about um, earlier in the show, 
even when they're at their best, they figure out what is next. And if, even if that's shaking up what works and leading to a lot of confusion and some hit or miss shows, the band is dedicated to that, which seems to be what makes them so in, enduring over a long period of time. So what were your thoughts about this year going into it? What were your thoughts as it was going on? What are your thoughts on it now reflecting um, almost a year or two when this, when 2022 ended? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about one of our great partners, DistroKid. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keeping 100% of their royalties and earnings. If you're a musician and looking to get your music out there, DistroKid is the way to go. DistroKid is available for iOS and Android and is now available in Apple's App Store and the Google Play Store. More than a million artists rely on DistroKid to get their music onto Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all other major streaming services. And with DistroKid, you can upload new releases, see your financial progress, get notified when you've earned royalties, withdraw money from the app, view and share links, check your streaming stats, and a whole lot more. DistroKid has more features than any other music distributor. Check them out today. Go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash helping friendly. That's distrokid with a capital K dot com slash VIP slash helping friendly for a special offer. Thanks, DistroKid. I was thinking a lot about our conversation last week and how they were on this real creative high in 21. You know, there's wild creativity and and jamming inspired by sci-fi soldier and also this renewed sense of purpose and drive that they had after being not able to be on stage and not able to perform and not able to make music. That drive of like when you can't have something you want, when you get it, it just feels so good. I think those things are hard to maintain. And you know how people always talk about how there's the odd years and the even years of fish. And I think that why the odd years tend to be better is because they're peaking. And after a peak, you know, there's really nowhere to go, but a little bit down at least. And I think that's kind of what 22 was, but I would argue that 22 is one of the better of the Valley years because there were so many good moments. I think what we're missing in 22 is the consistency of the jamming. I think that set listing wasn't always great. And you see a lot of shows where like, I think this show exactly actually is a really good example of like, you start out with some funky set listing, you hit a stride, you hit some really unbelievable jamming for like an hour, hour and a half. And then it kind of falls off again in the fourth quarter or it would be inconsistent like that in different spots in the shows throughout the year. I saw a lot of fish in 2022. It was the most I'd seen since 1996. And I was really getting after it last year. <laughs> had a really good time. And I saw some really excellent shows. My favorites being the 421 show in April, which was kind of the night before the night up there. It was kind of like what the 1230th show would have been. And I thought it was incredible just jams for days. The Raleigh show was a real standout for me where I got to meet Jonathan for the first time and just enjoy a second set with RJ. And we just had a fucking blast. Atlantic City night one, which is just 
incredible. Again, kind of takes a little bit to catch in, but by the third song, that show is just jam after jam after jam, perfect second set, carries all the way through to the encore. And then I thought the 29th and the 30th at MSG were also just incredible top-notch fish shows. So I saw a lot of really great fish this year, but I do think they suffered from some sat listing issues and also some just inconsistent playing. But I'm excited to hear what, what were you what were your thoughts on 22? Well, I'm going to share them. I'm going to bring on uh, our, our, our esteemed co-host, Jonathan Hart, here and, and get his thoughts as well, um, because I agree with a lot of your – I think you you made a really uh, – I think your your perspective on the year in terms of the context of their overall history and in terms of what was kind of going on in, in the minutia is, is really on point, and I agree with a ton of it. But Jonathan, um, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. How are we doing here today? Uh, you know, better than I was last week. How are you guys doing? Sorry, I'm late. Um, life is, is apparently keeps happening. So, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I did I'm get so to hear, to I did get to hear your points, Megan, about 2022. And I think the, uh, I think you're, you're right on. I think it was, it's funny, like as, as good as this year could get, it also was just kind of like, not always, it just wasn't always up there wasn't always yeah. at that high high um but i did have a good time at raleigh and, uh, oh and my god so excited to the, get into the it hottest guys. the hottest show of all time that show in raleigh it was <laughs> so fucking hot that day we were joking about it offline but we took a picture together and i was like this is jonathan rj and i meeting like all together for the first time like this is going to be on the internet and i had just sweat marks all over <laughs> this light colored bodysuit I, I wore. I learned a very important lesson that day. You were wearing white, RJ is wearing black. I'm like, those are the only two colors you can wear when it sweats like when it's my shirt hot was out. Completely was, wet like, all yeah. over, but you can't tell. Like you can't tell. <laughs> and I was like, this is I was wearing a light color. Idiot. I was wearing very little clothing, but it was like a light color and it wasn't white though. And I I learned so I had to buy an editing app that I deleted like a week later. But in the meantime, I had to scrub out all those little sweat marks. Cause I'm like, I can't have this on the internet. Oh, I need God. sweat all over myself. I can't do that. That was an amazing <laughs> show. The fashion yeah. icon of our show makes a fashion <laughs> mistake that she had to purchase an app to live down. Um we learned by doing. <laughs> we do. <laughs> I want to bring up this comment here because to, to jump off into my points and, and to compliment what you guys have said as well, because I think that they're right. I, this is from EV Dude. Uh, I think 2022 gets a bit of a bad rap. I see it as 98 to 2021 is 97. I think there was a bit of letdowns, a yeah. bit of moments. Cough, Alpine coughed. I did not add yeah. them. I just want to be clear. Sorry, uh, But there was really so much uh, great stuff. And he also, if our, he, he or she, sorry, follows up, I'm guessing because of Dude. Uh, I also think that there were impossible exp expectations coming off of 2021. I would add that I seem to recall at the end of 22 being a bit of a defender. Like, I think there was a lot of mm -hmm. like, this year was kind of meh. And I'm pretty sure I was like, eh, it wasn't so bad, guys. Um, yeah. And I still believe that. Yeah, I think. So I listened back to a bunch of big jams from this year. And I will fully admit to being really sour on 22 coming right up until the very end i thought as meg pointed out the 29th and 30th of december were outstanding and i think in some ways showcased to me personally that 
what they had been tinkering with in 2021 was still there and that that kind of springboarded into 2023, which I think has been an outstanding year of fish. Um, I think that the Mexico run felt a lot like 2020. It felt like the Island tour to 97 where like, it still has a lot of the sound and structures of 2021. Um, I thought from there, they kind of, there was a lot, there were some sloppier moments that I hadn't heard in 2021 that took away from me hearing full shows again, some very strange set listing calls. Um, but when they connected around jams, there were really high quality jams throughout. You mentioned um, this show in particular has an hour of music that I think stands up with the best of this year, but also the best of the last four to five years. Um, but the show also is kind of like a, per- a perfect uh uh, like picture a snapshot of 2022 to me where you have some very strange set listing choices and some energy dips and some moments where it's like, what are we doing here? Things weren't fully connecting. And the moments where everything comes together and the band sounds like they are uh, playing off of each other without really any sort of effort. I saw seven shows in a row that um, I wouldn't, I would argue don't have a single must, must, must hear moment. I thought there were really good moments in those seven shows, but I don't think that there was anything right would say you have to hear this to understand this band. Um, and that definitely impacted my own overall takeaway. But I think like you guys all saw a really good show in Raleigh. Uh, the Atlantic city run was really outstanding. The weekend between Bethel and Hartford were really, really quality stuff. Mm -hmm. The Mexico run, as I noted, and then the year ended on a really high note. So I think ultimately it just kind of was a little up and down for me. Whereas 2021, we were talking about a couple of minutes ago, Meg, it just felt like every time something great happened, the next show you were like, wait, I didn't think that they even had that in them again, let alone something that like blew my mind even more. So there was this interesting push and pull between the band still is playing at a very high level, but also are trying new things that aren't immediately clicking. And some of that stuff would not uh, shake out until we got to 2023. I just want to say before we get into this show in detail, it's also, I went to Dick's in 2022 and uh, Brian was an amazing host and really knows how to run a weekend, a Dick's weekend in Denver. (laughs) And that was awesome. And I cannot thank you enough for the time that we had. Um, But we, and I've brought this up before we proved scientifically. We did that. um, I had more fun (laughs) that weekend than Brian Um, did. And uh, it was, I think better than you think, actually, I guess is the, the, probably the, the correct way to say it. Maybe you've changed your opinion, but um, I had a lot of fun that year and, and it, it, it kicks me. I'm, I'm always the guy who's like lands for a night or two nights at MSG and mm. everybody's like, oh, last night was the one. I showed up up for New Year's in 2022, and everybody's like, ah, the 1230. It's always 1230. Why don't you show up on 1230? Well, in 2019, I showed up in 1230, and there's a great tweezer, but everybody's like, ah, 1229 is the one. So I just want to say, totally wrong, by the way. You nailed it. As we close out the 40 for 40, and we, you know, have MSG ahead and all of these shows behind us, you know, fuck all of you people. The night that I'm there is the one. Except for the times that it's not. John's parting message. Fuck all of you people. (laughs) 
amazing. One thing, one thing I just want to say, because we did, we, we so we, we play a game at the end of Dick's every year where everyone who is there, we go through song by song and determine, did you like this song? And then we add it all up and we determine who has the highest score, who liked the most stuff. And every year, my friend Sam Tidberg always wins because he just... <laughs> Fucking likes everything, me. which, so which philosophically, I he, he he's right. I get it. He's completely right, and I'm always the one with the lowest score because I'm the most critical. <laughs> Jonathan and Sam competed for 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 winning. It was it was a great race at the end. But I will say, I posted after the Saturday Night Show, I posted the set list, and I said that is one of the best second sets I've ever seen. And I immediately got hate from multiple people online, and it was part of the reason why I decided to leave because I was like, fuck you, people. And I went through every single show I've been through, been to, and I was like, these are the best second sets I've seen. Maybe they're not the best second sets in fish history, but they're the best second sets I have seen. And that is just what I said. And this is I just try like to be RJ's David Bowie. Pro- it incident. is. Exactly. You see a so lot parallel. of really bad David Bowies. Yes, it yeah. seemed really good. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and I, and, but I, I walked away from that being like, even when I try to be positive about 2022, you people out there, you, you people, people are giving me shit. People. Guys, I'm still the only one in the people's corner right now. Everybody, it's okay. You can give hate. <laughs> I'm just saying that like, you give me a match and I will burn the people to the ground. Oh hey, all God. I'm saying okay. is that 2021 didn't make me turn on the people. Okay. That is, that is That's my true. Point. That's true. Um, That's fair. <laughs> But I like that and when you had to, you fun. could actually pull data from to support your claim anyway. Like that just you makes me to. really happy. <laughs> and we've increased listeners and viewers since we started railing on the people. So perhaps we should start our own <laughs> French Revolution here. Um, uh-huh. Or we should jump into the show at 45 minutes Let's in this it. podcast oh, about no 72422. <laughs> the guillotine <laughs> is a bonus episode. Um, yeah. All right. <clears throat> 724 2022. This is a Sunday night show, the one night in Hartford. If I am remembering correctly, and I probably am not, but I think I am. This is the first Hartford show since 7916, which was also a Sunday night single show. Hartford's kind of one of those interesting places. I've seen two shows at the Meadows. I was supposed to be at this weekend. I sold these tickets so I could go to Alpine because I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> Alpine's supposed to be good. Alpine's supposed to supposed be good. To be. I supposed was supposed to, to go to Alpine and we were going to meet the, for the first time. And then I decided to go to AC instead. And yeah, you that's what I decided. Uh, yeah, you maybe for fish. Um, 724 2022. Hartford is, like I was saying, it, it, this is a semi legendary venue in fish history. They've played a lot of really good shows there. Second one in the series, right? And we do. We did 09, you're right, 09. which was oh a my God, you're right. Friday night show that was one of the best shows of that year. Great, great show. Um, this one opens up set one. We've got Cars, Trucks, Buses, Breath and Burning, The Final Hurrah, Free, Yarmouth Road, Plasma, which fades into Sigma Oasis, Limb by Limb, and the set closer of Sand. Um, Megan, starting with you. What are your thoughts on the sh- on the set overall? What are your big takeaways? What's your big highlight? I think it has a lot of strong moments. I think it suffers a bit from weird set listing, but it really hints at goodness and really takes off. Like it kind of hints at good- goodness in the plasma and then really takes off in the sigma. And I would say the whole second 
section from plasma through sand is really great. I mean, a Car Strikes Buses opener is always so fun. You hear Trey call it. He's like, Car Strikes Buses? Like a question. And um, this is just such a 1995 opener and I'll take it any day. And I was thinking a lot about Breath and Burning. I was reading the fish.net history of it. And this song, the lyrics are actually inspired by Dylan Thomas's poem, Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night. And I read this poem. It is amazing. And it was written in 1947. He's a Welsh poet. And it's about not going down without a fight when you're dying and living your life to the fullest. And when I read that poem and thought about the lyrics and thought about Trey and how he writes his songs and goes about his songwriting now, I was just really inspired by it. And I think that this song gets a bad rap, I think, but it has some really great versions. You know, the Philly 2016 version is short, but it's really great. The New Year's Eve version on 2016, you've got the tab horns, awesome. And then the Baker's Dozen version is really great too. So I think even though it's only been played 17 times, I think it gets a bad rap. And I think if you are going to play this song in the slot two is it's kind of a good spot for it, I think. Um, the final hurrah, Trey pushes out a little bit in his solo. He sounds good and free is fine. The Yarmouth gets out there a little bit. Is this like the best version of this song? I don't know. Because I'm not going to go back to this. It, it's, it's either okay, this yeah. or powder. Like it has, it has the, most, uh, the most space. Can I just comment on yeah. one thing? My, yeah. my, my first note on Breath and Burning when I was listening back was, do we like this song? And I was, yes. I was excited to debate whether or not we like this, but yes. you just ended the entire debate because the lyrical themes and the darkness and the idea of dying and the fact that this song was written, I think, pretty sure on the beach in Mexico when Trey was – they were at this point in their career where they were starting a new tradition that was a lot of joy, but also like they were reaching an age where there was death kind of all around them in a lot of cases. And a lot yes. of Trey's best songs of the last 10 years have been about death. So I, you've just answered my rhetorical question in a <laughs> brilliant manner and I appreciate it. Um, carry on. Awesome. Yeah. The, I was just going to say the last line of the first stanza of that poem is rage, rage against the dying of the light. And it's true. It's like, you know, it, it's, it's that idea of like, don't, don't go down without a fight. Like, and you can see how it makes so much sense for where they are in their point in their career. And I would recommend everybody read that poem before you decide you hate breath and burning. That's, that's all <laughs> I'm going to say, because it, it changed everything for me. And thanks to fish.net because you guys are fucking awesome. But I think this version of Yarmouth gets out there a little bit. I didn't hate it. I feel like if you're going to have to get a mic song, like this is definitely a pretty good choice. I've never heard this live. It's, you know, it, it's not that common. So I think if you're going to have to get a song by Mike, this is definitely a good one. And the rest of the set, yeah, I think the plasma sounds really good. Trey sounds awesome. The Sigma is incredible. This jam is awesome. It's It has many sections. My favorite part is this like nine minutes in, they land in this really groovy funk. Mike and Fish are just laying down like the sickest bass and drum lines. Page starts putting all these textures in. It's really layered. It's actually like hard to tell who's doing what. And by 1245, it has that feeling of like a late spring day when you can feel mm -hmm. summer around the corner and it's sunny and you feel and you look great. It's just, and it's right in that spot. And then Paige just goes to the piano and you're like, yes, it's so perfect. It has this rolling, beautiful, soulful peak at the end. And I love how Trey brings back, you're already there. And it sounds really organic when he's singing it. It just, this is a really awesome jam. And 
I think if you're going to get this in the first set, like you're super happy. You know, it's just like that Atlantic City version in 8-5. They played a monster Sigma in the first set and you know they're feeling good then. And I think from then on, it's really nice. Like even the limb by limb, beautiful interplay between Trey and Paige and Sand doesn't stray from the song, but has got like some extra mustard. It's good. Yeah, the chorus return uh, of Sigma Oasis, it's something that Trey's gotten a lot of grief about in recent years where he <clears throat> he brings the jam back around to the original chorus. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work, sometimes it feels very forced. This is one of those, to your point, it feels like they've... It's almost like the way that he sings A Wave of Hope, uh, the, the, that, that chorus on the... Um, MSG night one version from this past summer where like he sings it in a higher register. Mm. So it sounds like, you know, uh, it sounds like something you'd hear almost in like a musical where it's like, it's, yeah. it's a return <laughs> to the idea, yeah. but it's yeah. not necessarily like the exact. And, and the fact that he's doing that on the fly, um, it kind of speaks to why I think he's been trying to end jams um, with, with the songs chorus uh, so much in the last few years. And I think it's a moment where it really works. Yeah, there's Jonathan, a moment where it thoughts? doesn't work yeah. later in the show, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> uh, well, so I really like this set. I, I I can see why people would say, and people like me, Megan, I guess, would say it seems a little songy, but um, I think it works for me. Uh, of course, I fully agree. Cars, Truck, Buses is a great opener. It's old school. It is right back to our, our youth. Um uh, which is it's killer. It just puts me in a great space uh, when I listen to it. And when I listen to this show, it took me right to it. And I like Breath and Burning. I think it's got a cool like vibe. And just in mm-hmm. the first from the first bits, um, I always like the lyrics. Um, I kind of I go back and forth on this notion of Fish writing songs that are um, self aware. And so when he calls out Paige in that uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. quote, they're like, uh, I like it in this case. So um, what the hell? Like, they've been doing this so long. I think it's 40 years. I don't know where I would find that out. Um, <laughs> that you know, why shouldn't they be aware of themselves in their songs? Um so I think this one works and final hurrah is cool. I like that they, you know, I like it in the mix. I like to keep playing that. The Yarmouth road is fine. Um, I could say they could pick worse songs than Yarmouth road. And when Yarmouth road works, it's like this. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, I skipped free um, only in discussion. Uh, Plasma is also fine. And the Sigma is really where it's at for this set, right? So I listened to the Sigma. I don't know. I've been sick. Let me just tell everybody who's listening. So um, trying to listen to fish jams when you're not in a healthy headspace, which is to say when you're down with COVID, can really mess with your brain head. Um, like, it, ooh. So I had to go back a few times to listen to some of these jams to make sure I was understanding them correctly mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, with a conscience brain as opposed to, you know, just getting all, all weird. And and I really like this one. I like the way it goes out. I like really like the reprise kind of thing you were talking about on the, the vocal. Um, I, I've totally picked up on Trey doing that in recent years. I get why he does it when it works. It works. There's a couple songs I, like I want him to like, I want to, 
talk to them about like, no, you should reprice this line as opposed to that line, but, but it's working yeah. here. Um, and, uh, and, and I don't actually aspire to give train notes. Um, <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. I do. Uh, it's okay. You can. <laughs> and so overall, I think this is a pretty solid set. And I would think that anybody in the show is coming out of that sand as the lights, you know, well, you know, it's a day, day time show. Maybe it's not, not dark yet because it's summer, but you know, as the set ends and uh, the PA music comes up, it's got to be feeling pretty good about what's ahead. I mean, they don't know, mm-hmm. but they should be feeling pretty good. Yeah, I think I'm I'm right on board with where you guys are at. I think that there are some moments in the set. And it it feels really emblematic of 2022 to me that like there are moments of this set that really work for me and just like really clear, creative, full hookup band like like on stage in full communication with each other. I think uh, the jam out of Breath and Burning is really really cool. Um, Trey throws on his effects around seven minutes and 30 seconds, which is under 12 minutes into the show. So like we're, we're, you know, we're, we're at that point in the show where typically they're just kind of introducing things and getting the energy going and he's already throwing on effects and it leads to a really cool groove goes back into breath and burning only like 90 seconds later, but it's a really good 90 seconds that just showcases the night before in Bethel was my favorite show of the year. I think it's the best example of where the band was at. Um, or Bethel uh, AC night one, it kind of is a toss up between those to me, but like Bethel night two is a huge, huge show. And the fact that those ideas are spilling over to a new venue um, one night later is a really good sign at that point. The final hurrah. We've only heard this song 16 times. Um, I listened to uh, <clears throat> back in our 2019 episode, there's a, a show up in Bangor, Maine, where they play disease play by play and simple. And it's a really good segment. And I completely forgotten about play by play. And I would just love for these casual Vox songs, cool Amber and Mercury being one of them to just come back a little bit more of the rotation. We could use more versions of these to get settled, to figure out where the grooves are. It's a lot of songs. You know, there's a great final hurrah that comes out of the 47 minute soul planet in 2021. Mm -hmm. And they just like groove right into it. And just, it's a great landing pad. It's a great springboard. Like there's a lot of ideas that could happen with this. The last time we heard this was 72123. It came out of a Sigma Oasis. Really, really cool version. Um, Yarmouth Road. I'm right there with you guys. Like, there's a couple moments in that song I really love. We get into the really cool little minor key duel between Trey and uh, Mike that I like. Mike also, who had... Mike has been the least visible member of Fish to me as they came back in early 4.0. And part of that is Trey mm-hmm. came back so motivated. He had that uh, Jedi pedal that felt like a synthesizer at times, which seemed to butt into lines that Mike would, pre- would present in a jam. Fishman has been so active. Paige has so many keyboards that he's ever present in every jam. Mike was really strong in this show in a way that I had forgotten about. And like hearing him and Trey go back and forth in Yarmouth road was really cool. Uh, the Sigma Oasis, like you talk about how we've gotten only 16 final hurrahs. We've gotten 31 Sigma Oasis, uh, since 12, eight, 19, when it debuted, not a song I'm hoping goes away anytime soon. I love this song. We've also got really great versions. Summer 22, we had 528 from Orange Beach. 
Uh, this version, 8.5, is Meg referenced a 20-plus minute huge jam in set one of uh, Atlantic City. And then this year, we've gotten the great versions in Alabama, 7.12, and 7.21 in uh, Burgettstown. Uh, just really, really great potential for the song. Also, the Dix 21 version was great. Um, this one, we go back and forth between kind of weirdness. The synths are everywhere into this very, very nice bliss peak. Um, the coda chorus that we discussed was just a beautiful kind of wraparound to the song. Um, the limb by limb was a little puzzling to me. Like this was kind of where we got back into like 2021, one step or 2022, one step forward, two steps back. The limb by limb felt very sloppy. It felt very short. I don't know exactly like just throw sand right there. And I think that the set ends on a real high point. Um, but sand, it's interesting to me. The song has been played 13 times as a set closer. It's, it's a song that like, it's so versatile. It can be a groove extended jam. Like you heard in 99 and 2000, it can open a set or open a show in a really punchy rocking way, or it can close uh, a set off with just like a nine minute fiery version. Um, so really good stuff overall, a little bit of up and down, but like the highs were incredibly high. Any last thoughts you guys have about set one before we move on to set two? I just want to say while you're talking about sand it occurs to me that sand and ghost have become virtually interchangeable in their roles mm -hmm. like you know yeah. maybe they're not appearing exactly the same spots the same number of times but ghost can you know we know it is a big groover from back in the day sometimes it still could but sometimes it's just like the straight like eight nine minute powerhouse and then done set closer set opener both possibilities and just not generally worked in the same way that it used to be. It's With really exceptions. interesting. There's yeah. always exceptions. That's a good point. I think it almost like, like from reverse, it almost has met, those two songs have almost met 46 days in the same spot where like 46 days started as like, Oh, is this just going to be a rock song? First version, it goes 20 minutes, goes 39 minutes at it. But like there are five minute versions of 46 days out there that I would recommend to people because it's all just condensed mm -hmm. rock. And all three of these songs can kind of be used as like a show opener, a set closer, just a rock song, a huge jam vehicle. Like there's just a lot of interchangeable aspects to it. That's very cool for them. Um, those are also Set. three like excellently written songs, like some yes. of their best lyrics, yep. some of their best, like just, I think those songs are standalones. Like you said, Brian, they work either as just the song or as jam vehicles, but really strong songwriting on all three of those. Yeah. I mean, I've always thought of uh, like 46 days, kind of similar to Sigma Oasis that like in another time in another world, those are radio hits for fish. Yes. And yes, totally. Ghost as it is right now, almost is the same way. Like they have great lyrics you can sing along to huge hooks big choruses um but then they're played by a band that regularly plays 25 minute long songs and you know they these songs get those treatments and so it's a bit of a diversion from pop culture um it's like it's like the alternate reality and everything everywhere all at yeah. once where like fish is like actually like a monster huge radio band like they're like <laughs> and like everybody likes them like that's the alternate reality to bring a full circle radio never went away yeah right 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 right, right. <laughs> that would actually These be songs are radio this is the radio unfriendly universe that we're living yeah. in. really long <laughs> and really slow um all right so set two <clears throat> this is a really interesting set in a lot of ways we open with a wave of hope uh which rj hopefully will be back here for the conclusion of this episode but um 
his his one requirement he picked this show and I'll, I'll speak for him because I enjoy to um, he said his one requirement for this year was that he picked a show that has a huge wave of hope and this show has a huge wave of hope uh, wave of hope open set two which goes into song you heard the ocean sing which goes into blaze on which goes into the wedge we get our obligatory ballad with farmhouse going into number line going into character zero and then the encore the very playful tube into first tube um jonathan i want to throw it to you what are your thoughts on this overall set what were kind of the big moments for you and how does this set translate 18 months later to you well i think the most important thing to consider is the fact that they're fucking with us by playing first tube second that's a good but, point. Um, that is a mind fuck. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I love that. You know, I, I think this, this is, this second set is a perfect example of where a lot of fish fans need to learn to shut up and get their heads right. Because this is one of those shows where uh, people were like, this is amazing. This is amazing. This is amazing. The wedge farmhouse oh the show went in the trash this is the kind of stuff that the internet would share with us when this happened and all anybody who thinks that is an entitled fool because first of all those other songs after the big jams are all well played they're good songs and you should like them secondly you just got uh don't make me do math how much great music 55 in minutes. Th- the first three yeah. songs? 55 minutes. Yeah. Right. An and it's not just great music. It's not like, oh, they played three good songs. They crushed. Wave of Hope is a monster. And I'm hoping you guys have good notes because I don't have great notes on this. But it is, you know, they use the word effects fest in the fish.net mm. jam chart blurb. That's that's well said. Um, it gets out. And it is a very satisfying 23-minute listen. It is not one of those that just kind of hangs on one note or gets boring or searching or whatever. It's absolutely astounding. Yeah. To me, though, I think I think I like the jam in a song I heard the ocean sing more. I think just musically it is more my shit. Um, very jazzy. That, yeah, yeah. It's really good. It, like, it just builds... For a bit and then kind of chills and it's very kind of melodic and uh, the ending of it is really great and then waves into blaze on which you know to the guy who standing beside me because there's always one guy standing beside me goes oh when they start blaze on shut up and listen because that shit's good too um and great set like an I like when RJ picked this, I was like, "What was in the show other than Wave of Hope?" Oh yeah, and I probably <laughs> remember saying something very similar to what I said today in the uh, recap or whatever, you know, the quick hit for this show because it's it's all really good. Like Wedge, love Wedge after plays on here. Farmhouse, cool. You got your ballad. It's just as you said, Brian. You know, you got your ballad great ballad number line energy's back up we love number line here character zero rocks tube has a great little short great yeah. little jam in it 
great little jam in it. The fishnet says they tease Mr. PC, which is Coltrane. You guys should know your Coltrane. And uh, then first tube to close. Eh, you know, can't be perfect. No, uh, obviously that's always fun. And uh, what a great set. Just awesome. So I was thinking about this before I throw it to you, Mike, because I think that your point is very valid. Like when they play 55 minutes of music on this level, to my mind, they can play whatever they want afterwards. Um, the one thing I was thinking about, though, like if you look back at um, like 97 and 99, and I'm not comparing I'm just simply from a timing standpoint, there are a lot of really, really quality sets from especially 97 that just crack an hour. And there is a part of me that does think like there is a statement to be made that at the mm -hmm. end of that blaze on throw one more song and you walk off the stage. And that is the message. Yeah. Now to me, yeah. this the, the thing that's really interesting about this band is that 25 years ago, they played 60 minutes of this music and they were like, cool, we're done. Like we're out. Yeah. And now they're freaking capable of playing more music and more music really well. Like this farmhouse is beautiful. It's quiet. It's silent. Really it's really patient. pretty. Like yeah. 2021 ballads. I, I have been a stand for these for the last three years. It carries over. Like it is gorgeous. Um, the, the, the number line has a really nice solo. The, the, the character zero like, but I do wonder if it would be more affecting for them to just be like, Hey, we just hooked up for an hour. Let's play zero and get out of here and, and be done. And like, just leave it at that. I don't know if it like, what is better some per structural se, like, elements to the sure. way fish shows are happening now. Mm -hmm. Like we nowadays that would remember, yeah. was it this year we started noticing, Oh, these sets are exactly or almost exactly X minutes long. And I think there, like there are schedules like there's a right. run of show schedule that has, you know, set break is this, or, you know, sound check is this time set totally. one begins here, this, 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 that, that is a real thing that the but entire probably, building is running on. Is running on. And if they mess that, that up, design, like, though, that no, yeah, but that's probably it their, is their design. design. And I yes, mean, they fish could, could yeah. walk off after the wedge and then come back out and play till 1130 or whatever the end right. of encore time is if they want. Uh, but I sometimes think they do mm -hmm. like, right. X night three this year had that like six song, 40 minute encore. Like sometimes they do it, but Paige's chamomile tea is not going to be perfectly steeped when he walks off stage. Right. Unless yeah. they follow the I mean, schedule. there's there's stuff happening, you know, yeah. like hell, the tea too. on stage isn't cold yet because he's got a Yeti cup and it's still scalding. He's got at least five more songs before he can down that thing. He's got to so, play it out. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, I don't no, want to I, <clears throat> I don't wanna sound like an entitled little shit, but I Please do don't. think that that my the argument for the end of this set is that if you take a second set like Raleigh right, of this, of 2022, where you start with, like, Big Black Fairy Creature from Mars, Carini, Waste, Ruby Waves, Beneath the Sea of Stars, Piper, Light, Shine a Light. It's a narrative arc, right? The set goes from oh, dark yeah. to light, and it was a masterpiece in the sense of that the jams were great, maybe not as good as this Wave of Hope, right? But there was a a, a vibe to the whole set, and it, it seemed to flow in a way that this set incredible but doesn't flow the second half of it the first half of it flows like water i mean i would say if you took out like 
the part when Trey tries to go back to Wave of Hope, where it doesn't really work, like he kind of forces it. If he had just gone on from the end of the Wave of Hope jam right into a song I heard the ocean sing, oh my God, like this, a song I heard the ocean sing, I totally agree, Jonathan. It meets the mood of the end of the Wave of Hope jam in such an incredible way. And I think that it's, I mean, it's a splitting hairs point for sure. But I think that the flow of this first half of the set is so strong. When that flow drops off, you feel it. And that's not to say that like I'm being, I'm, you know, complaining about what they're playing. But I think when you have such a strong flow and it stops flowing, it's, it, you feel it. It's just a feeling that you're like, oh, okay. It's good to get a landing that you can touch back on. And you yes, know, but recognize that's different. the shape of the planet that you're on before you have to walk out. And so sometimes yeah. they're doing you a favor, especially when they've but, taken you really far out, like they do on this wave of hope. Yes, but they can do that without fucking up the flow. For instance, waste after Karini and Raleigh into Ruby Waves. Like that didn't throw me out at all. It kept the flow going. So I don't think that the landing pad is is going to be, you know, have to, you have to do that where you can't keep flow. Like, I think you can do both. And, and I'm saying this all with an understanding that like, this is asking a ridiculous amount and we continue so to ask a ridiculous amount of this band. I think Here. they did. I think that they did by the end. I think that they just played a bunch of songs, which is fine because again, you gave, got 55 minutes of perfection. I think like to me, the strongest fish sets follow that narrative arc that you're talking about meg which you get over the first 55 minutes of this set and it's almost a difference like like for me a really 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 like the best fish sets almost sound like an album that a band thought about for six months crafted this song is going to go here then this song and this is how you're going to feel going through it and you like re-listen to that and you go through that narrative and the thing that always blows me away is that, oh my God, these guys are doing this in the moment. And that is the aspect you have to remember because sometimes when the flow gets messed up, um, or at least interpretively, it's because these guys are making calls in the moment and they're saying, right now we're going to play this. And that may throw everything completely off or it may work. And it's, it's a very nuanced, weird thing. And a lot of it is up to the listener. To me, this set almost feels like when you buy the deluxe version of that album, where you get the album. And that is which like, is forty some minutes long, right? And that is it. And then you get six or seven songs afterwards that, if you forget to, like, if 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 you want to listen to, you get it, and you get like, hey, here's an yeah. alternative version of this great song that was perfectly played in song three of this album, but is now tacked on as song thirteen, and it's a little rougher on the edges. But you, as diehard music fan, are listening to this because you love this band. To me, that's what the wedge through character zero is. It's not going to like, I think that, and I think you're right about this, Jonathan, the notion that this made this a bad show is idiotic. Like this did not turn all of the good music sour because they just said, let's play the wedge and then let's play farmhouse. And then, Oh, sure. We'll play number line right now because we love it and we're feeling happy. And okay, we've got five more minutes. Let's throw it on a rocking character zero. To me, it's the, in parentheses, deluxe edition of this set that I will, when I listen back to this show, when I listen back to the set, I will listen to Wave of Hope, Ocean Sing, Blaze On, and then I'm good. And there are so some the sets. Second half of what the comes set after that. Yeah. is party time. And the first sure. half of the set yeah. is joy. <laughs> <laughs> or... <laughs> 
<laughs> wow, that it's, was it's pretty like, good. Um, like, <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, I've been sitting like here three Dylan, minutes waiting to say that. So, like, I love that. <laughs> like, Dylan that. put out the Time Out of Mind uh, box set this year, the the bootleg series. Time Out of Mind to me is a perfect record. Like, there's, I would change nothing about it. Even Dylan's complaining that there's too much reverb. I think the reverb is perfect, and I'm all on board with the the uh, the uh, uh, artist complaining about his own work. Like, I think the reverb is perfect. I love Daniel Lenoir. Everything that comes after that, if you're a Dylan freak, you are listening to six different versions of Mississippi, which didn't even make it onto the record. Right. Recorded in the style right. of Time Out of Mind, plus the live versions, plus the remastered version. But the statement is Time Out of Mind. And to me, mm-hmm. the statement of the set is, wave of hope through blaze on everything else is just hey you love fish you love hanging out there are sets though that are just sure what it is contained exactly those don't take away from this i think they don't take away from it they don't but i think we all agree you can yeah definitely and you can compare just because that's what we're in the business of but i think definitely i see what you're saying and i think that people that complain about that stuff particularly in the moment you know that's too bad for them but I definitely think the narrative arc was lost in the set. But I, I think that, you know, thinking about this wave of hope, this is the seventh time it was played. It's still the longest version, although not by much. It's, you know, been played 21 times, 11 times on the jam chart. And you think of like how they played this monster 21 minute version this year on night one in slot two of the opening to the seven night run at MSG, that's a statement. You know, that's them saying like, this is our song now. This is our launching pad. And I think about other songs like that, like this from this year, like the well, this is where fish is like moving forward is, you know, they're still able to find these new songs that maybe not everybody gets or likes. And they're still like, we are still going to do our own shit. Just like we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, like fish is still going to forge their own path, whether or not they think people are giving them shit about their cheesy lyrics. They're still going to say like, okay, this song, this song is fucking great. And we're going to play it opening a seven night residency is the second song for 20 some minutes. And you're welcome. You know? And I think that that's why probably RJ, one of the reasons why he wanted to pick a show with a big wave of hope, because this is, this is where fish is right now. And it's so exciting to me that they can play a show like this and start open the second set and just absolutely go off the deep end and have that bleed into an absolutely gorgeous version of a song I heard the ocean sing. I mean, this is, like you said, Jonathan, this version is is so effortless. The jam is, it has this like, when it's like nine minutes in, it gets like agitated and frenetic. It has that kind of like stressful feeling and then it gets really quiet and then it builds to that like, glorious triumphant peak and i would agree jonathan this is definitely this moment it, it rivaled the wave of hope jam for me too it's beautiful just a couple other things one thing you said like presenting fish as fish today is part of the reason why they keep going like i was thinking about a wave of hope and i was i, I was trying to figure out like you know, one of the things I think is the reason why we've been able to continue this series into 40 years is that when they came back in 3.0, they didn't just come back as fish. They came back and started writing songs that were yeah. becoming their big songs. And to me, a wave of hope is there with light. Uh, everything is right. Set your soul free. Soul planet. Ruby waves in these songs that some people will chastise and rightly or wrongly. Some people will chastise these songs, but the cl- thing that has made fish endure is not 
I mean, they've played some amazing versions of Tweezer. We've talked about this. But if they're just playing Tweezer and great versions of Tweezer and not these new songs and great versions of these new songs, I don't think Fish is as inspired in 2023 as they would have been in 1993. You know, like they are songwriters who also like to fuck with their songs and figure out what their songs can do when unleashed. And so hate on the lyrics, hate on the themes, whatever. Those are the songs that are carrying this band forward. And, and are reinvigorating a song like Tweezer or a song like Mike's Song or a song like Ghost or a song like Bathtub Gin and saying to those songs, hey, you can join this as well. Like you can stay with the journey that we're going on because we have new songs that are leading the way. Um, two other really quick things. 1414 to 1538 of The Wave of Hope. I would argue is the best music played by Fish in all of 2022. It is on par with the MSG tweezer from 1230-19. It is patient. It is gorgeous. It is synth heavy. Go ahead, John. Can I get those numbers again? 1414 to 1538. Um, Trey locks in on a riff that every time I hear it, I'm just at complete peace. And I remember listening to it and being like, oh, I am in for some great fish in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Oh no, oh no. Uh, The other thing, I would just be remiss. The Blazon is 13 minutes. Good jam. It is really, really patient. Mm -hmm. It is quiet. It's bouncy. There's some really great mic in it. Um, One of my notes was this jam is very much still in Blazon, but it's effortlessly bobbing and weaving in jam space. It is kind of what I, I, it reminds me of the 123019 version. Uh, It reminds me of the 72923 Fuego, where like it doesn't really leave Blazon. And it doesn't need to. And it proves that within this space, you don't have to go, quote unquote, type two to get into a really cool jamming space. Part of what makes Fish so magical is that they can fall into these musical spaces where they're all connecting and they're all communicating, even if it's still the version, even if it's still the song proper that they started jamming off of. Um, yeah, that jam has like a really spacious feeling. It's like drifting and really soulful. It's really, really nice. And I agree that 123019 yeah. is always overlooked because of the tweezer, but always. that jam is incredible. Yeah, always. there's this great spot where, you know, Trey is repeating a riff and then just, I mean, it's just, it's just very rock jamming. It's very type one yeah. rock jamming. And it's, yeah. uh, but he's repeating this riff and then, you know, improvising in between. And then he comes back to the riff repeatedly. Like, oh, it's so cool. Um, just really hearing Trey kind of lean into the guitar as a guitar. There's not a lot of effects happening with it. It's just, it's very pure in that sound. And uh, yeah, I really dig that bit. And it kind of, it proves that like jamming doesn't have to mean different. Like jamming can just mean mm-hmm. here's the musical idea and we're just going to play within that. Um, I do just want to give a quick shout here to Evie Dude. After seeing, this was our conversation here a couple minutes ago, just in regards to like flow and set flow. After seeing over 200 shows, I've come to accept that the quote statement set to is the exception and not the rule. I agree with that entirely. Yep. And I think that mm-hmm. that is yeah. part of why I focus so much on is this or is this not you know because like it is yeah. so rare to get a 4398 or a 12697 or thinking of this era a 72617 um 
10, 16, 21, I'll stop just throwing out numbers, but like, you know, second sets where it's, it's ironclad and it's, it's, it's a full flowing idea from start to finish. It's very rare to get that. And I think that that's part of where the conversation debate comes from. Um, Totally. Yeah. We've reached the end. Um, It's been such a journey that RJ couldn't even be here with us to guide us to, to shore. But I think I see land in the distance. I think I see 2023 coming up ahead, the 41st year of fish history. Um, Before we close, Jonathan, Megan and I both shared at the top of the episode what this series has taught us about fish, what it's, um, how it's, if, if in any way, you know, changed our perspective on the band looking back in this sort of manner. Have you had any new appreciation for fish coming out of this series? Has anything stood out to you just looking at the band on a year by year basis? Can I say no? Um, no, I mean, I think that, you know, doing this has kind of expanded my appreciation for the breadth that is the Mm. fish live catalog but um and by me what i mean is how much there is um even though i you know i feel pretty comfortable that i was familiar with that um i really enjoyed digging into the early stuff again because i think any um any project any opportunity that kind of sends me to the things that i maybe don't go to by you know individual choice is probably good unless it sends me to 2.0 um i think that uh so i think that's been really fun and i've really enjoyed kind of going through it with you guys um and just kind of riding the ongoing wave so perfect that we land with wave of hope the wave of hope is mm. that is symbolic um all right so we are recording this on the morning of December 27th. Fish plays tomorrow. Our first fish oh shows since Chicago in mid-October. Um, I'm really excited about this. Uh, we will talk more about this when we recap the MSG shows and by default kind of look back on 2023 as a whole. Um, but I've really enjoyed this year of fish. Uh, I'm really excited to see how they cap off this year. We keep hearing don't miss 1231. Um, I can't imagine it's because they're having any issues with ticket sales. So keep an eye out for whatever's going to happen there. Will the 29th and 30th streaks hold up? We have not gotten a, we've not gotten a underwhelming 1230 show since 2013. I don't want to jinx anything, but every single 1230 show that we've had, since 2013 has been pretty damn close to outstanding if not having a peak highlight of the year to get a 12 if i fly up for 12 31 that should lock in 12 30 is a great great show. so um, <laughs> exactly anybody wants to fly me in then we'll then we'll then we'll know it, we'll cement it. i mean we'll know. Meg, what are you going to 29th. i'm gonna be there on the 29th and the 30th so we know those will be excellent um also before we leave 2022 i just wanted to reflect back on all the things that osiris did in 2022 we had a crazy oh, amount of live events with where we interviewed unbelievable musicians and thinking about Taper's Choice, Riley Walker, 
We had Cal Kehoe, we had Daniel Donato, Tom Hamilton, just incredible interviews for live events that we did. And we're going to have one more for 2023 this year. So hopefully everybody can come who's in New York on 1229 to Hill Country Barbecue, three o'clock. We've got a happy hour. We're doing an HF Pod live recap on the 29th for tomorrow's show. So that'll be me and RJ and Mike Greenhouse from Relics and Benji Eisen will be there. And the dude of life is going to be there himself and his band's going to play. So it's a fun way to pre-show. So come hang with us. Should be a ton of fun. And uh, we look forward to recapping MSG. We will not be doing immediate quick hits, but we will be doing a full recap um, the first week of January. We're still figuring out exactly when that is going to happen. Just keep an eye out for that next week sometime. Um, Very excited to see what happens. This has been an awesome series. 40 shows. Uh, Do you guys have a favorite show that we recapped in this series? Oh my gosh. Sorry, I I didn't sign up for pop quizzes. This is the holidays, man. I can't I can't just like that's it's so hard because I don't remember like any like you were like, we did another Connecticut show. I'm like, really? We did? I don't remember. I so get immersed in what we're doing that week and I'm so bad at remembering things that we've done earlier. But to me, each show has kind of been the perfect pick for that year in a weird way. And I just have absolutely loved being able to share some of my favorite shows because y'all know I picked shows that I went to a lot and uh, that made me really happy. (laughs) So getting to like, getting to talk about a Raleigh show, like to me, North Carolina fish is so evocative of like, just a lot of my friends are there. My family lives there and getting to talk about a show in North Carolina to me was something personally that meant a lot. So that was definitely one of my favorite shows. The 2019 one. Well, I want to give a shout out to our hiatus shows, uh, specifically the Jazz Mandolin Project show that I believe Jonathan picked for. I picked, and then I missed that episode, didn't I? I know that was really you sad. did. Yeah, uh, for twenty for two thousand two, and then um, the two thousand six Grab show. Oh, Both so of those shows, um, I had not really listened to much Jazz Mandolin Project. I was really hoping we would do a 2002 tab show because of how sick 2002 tab was. But that Jasmine and Lynn project show blew my mind, showcased Fishman in a very cool way, showcased how far astray the band was going individually during the first hiatus that would have kind of been cool if that had kept up for a little longer um, because there was just a lot of really interesting music being played that uh, during that period in time before they came back. But uh, that 2006 grab tour, that is kind of the big what if in fish and jam band history, that tour kicks ass. If you have not listened to it, go back and listen to our 2006 episode. And uh, there's a bunch of grab shows on relisten. go and check them out. Um, there's some high quality stuff there. And Joe Russo behind Trey and Mike, man, what a, what a drummer. Yeah. Um, killer, killer stuff. Um, trying to think if there's anything else, any more pop quizzes. I think that we have just reached the end. This was a, incredible journey thank you guys thank you rj i think rj came up with this idea around this time last year as just kind of a throwaway text and it became the entire year of hf pod aside from us recapping um current fish shows which has just been such a cool way to look back so thank you guys everyone get to msg safe have fun eat some awesome food uh party up and uh, i can't wait to webcast it i'm I'm excited this is gonna be fun yeah 
Same. Yeah, we'll see everyone out there. So come say hi if you see me. We'll see you guys at the event on Friday, and we will see you guys in 2024 to talk about 2023 fish and so, so much more. Happy holidays, everyone. Take care. We'll talk to you all soon. Bye, everyone. See you. it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com.